0: Grace and mercy and peace are yours, from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word that we meditate on today is our gospel lesson from the end of Matthew chapter 9 and the beginning of Matthew chapter 10, where we heard Jesus say, or do, he said, when he saw the crowds that were harassed and helpless, he shrugged his shoulders and said, boy, someone should really do something about that. No, he didn't, did he? He saw the crowds who were harassed and helpless, and he said, Wow, what a mess they've gotten themselves in. Look at them. They made their bed. They can lie in it. They can figure it out for themselves. No. He saw the crowds who were harassed and helpless, and he said, What dumb Sheep to just follow along with those religious leaders into that religion of rules and look at them now, burdened, like sheep without a shepherd. No. Jesus did not say or think any of these things as he looked out upon the crowds and saw those who were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Instead, it says that he had compassion on them. The word compassion is a very loaded word. In English, the word compassion comes from Latin. And literally from Latin, it means to suffer with. So to have compassion on someone, in the English word, with the English word, is is not just to have sympathy for somebody. It's not even just to have empathy for somebody. It is to suffer alongside with someone. To share in their pain, to share in their sadness, to share in their loss, to share in their trouble. The word compassion in Greek that's here in our gospel lesson is even more loaded, even more deep and beautiful. The, the word for compassion here is it, is it says that Jesus had compassion. And, and really every other place in the gospels where it says, and it does on a number of occasions, Jesus saw And he had compassion. It's really the the picture is a a wrenching of your guts, something that churns your stomach, and so it's it's an emotional response. It's something that causes you pain and you sadness, that causes you to act and do something about it. Every time in the Gospels where it says Jesus had compassion on the people, he does something. He doesn't just say, oh, that's too bad. He acts. That's what compassion is. And that's what we see Jesus having upon the crowds in this account. It says that he saw them and they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were harassed. They were helpless. And so what does he do? Well, he sees two major needs. He sees a big spiritual problem these people have. They, they've been harassed. <laughs> They're like sheep without a shepherd because in their time, the Jewish religious leaders are telling them that it's all about what you do. It's all about how you do all these outward things to please God. All these outward rules, if you keep them, you'll earn God's favor and his love. They were harassed. Like sheep without a shepherd. And so what does Jesus do? He teaches. And he proclaims the good news of the kingdom, it says. He teaches them what religion is really all about. That it's not one of rules. It's not one of do, it's one of done. He teaches them from the Bible, from the scriptures, that... This is not about what you do to earn God's favor, but about what God has promised to do for you through the Messiah. And then he proclaims the good news, I am he. Right? That is the gospel. The good news that there's nothing you have to do. It's all been done. That's just a proclamation. Proclaim the good news that you are loved by God. You are forgiven, not because of what you do, but because of what the Savior did for you. But in addition to that, Jesus not only meets all their spiritual needs, but but he sees the physical needs too. And he has compassion, and, and his stomach is churning, and he has to do something. So it says that he heals every one of their sicknesses and their diseases. Jesus is so filled with love, not just for their souls, but for their lives here, that he has to act. He has to work so hard to show that compassion, to heal them spiritually and physically. Friends, we see the compassion of Jesus. We see what it is. We see what it does. Do we have it? Do we share that same compassion with Jesus when we see those who are hurting and harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? I mean, as you look at our world today, look, look at the, f- the five plus billion people who live on this planet, there are a lot of helpless, harassed, hurting people. Does your stomach churn for them? Does it move you to want to do something? Zoom in a little closer. Just look at where we live in this valley of five million people. You know, your, your city, your neighborhood, and look around. There are people that are harassed and helpless and like sheep without a shepherd. Does your guts wrench for them? Or maybe zoom in even closer. Maybe right in your own house. Right in your own family. Right in your own circle of friends. Is there those who are harassed and helpless and like a sheep without a shepherd? Does your heart hurt for them? You look around, and there are many harassed and helpless, hopeless, hurting people, right? I mean, there are those that are in that situation by their own making, right? Because of decisions they've made, because of things that they've got hooked on, and now they're addicted to. They're harassed. They're seemingly helpless. Or maybe it's, it's some physical situation, right? Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's something that the chronic illness that they're dealing with and struggling with. Or maybe it's a financial situation where they lost their job or, or their savings are gone and just trying to make it by month to month. Does your heart hurt for them? Does your stomach churn as you learn about how people are hurting and harassed and seemingly helpless? Or maybe it's spiritual in nature. Maybe it's a struggle with a temptation or a struggle with a sin, and and Satan just has his claws on them. They're harassed, they're helpless, they're like a sheep without a shepherd. Does your heart hurt for them? Your stomach churning within you and saying, What can I do? Well maybe some of it is a little more subtle. You know, take take our area. I mean take the, the general area where we live here. For the most part, people live pretty comfortably. People's lives are pretty well off. Right? The average person in our area, they, they have everything they need and, and probably a lot more. And on the outside, everything looks pretty good. They look happy. They look content. They look, they got it all together. But friends, you know that true contentment and happiness and peace will never be found in the things of this life. And you know that as much as they might push down those questions, as much as they might try to just fill their lives with pleasure and entertainment and things, deep down, every person asks themselves those questions. Is there more to all this? When they find out that things of this life can't meet their greatest needs and desires, When that need for God is there, but they're trying to fill that hole in their heart with all sorts of different things that won't fill it. Friends, that's a harassment and a helplessness in a different form, but it's there. They're like sheep without a shepherd. Living for just here and now, without any regards to anything bigger, anything beyond the grave. Or take our area, which you know there is a major religion in the area where we live that teaches a religion of works. That it's what you do to earn the favor of the higher power. That it's the things that you do in this life and the good and the, and the, and the kindness and the love that you show that make you right with that higher power and, and get you into that afterlife and bless you in that afterlife. Friends, that, that is harassment. <laughs> That is sheep without a shepherd. Friends are all around. What do you see when you look out? Like Jesus, when you look out to the crowds, what do you see? I know what you see. How does it make you feel? And if that compassion, like Jesus, is not there... If instead it's a shrug of his shoulders, not my problem. (laughs) They've dug their own grave, they can lay in it. It's a good thing we have social services to help out the people who are in need, right? Uh, You know, someone else has got to do it, right? Isn't that what the church is there for? To lead sinners to repentance, right? To help them out? They're the ones who got themselves into that religion. What am I supposed to do? They're not going to listen to me anyways. Friends, if our response, when we look out and see these who are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, if it's just not my problem, I don't care. Friends, you have a problem. You do have a problem. if we don't see people like Jesus does? There's a problem. And what is it? Let's put our finger on that problem this morning. And maybe you already know what it is. <laughs> maybe you're, you, you know what it feels like. You know what it feels like to be harassed and what it feels like to feel helpless and like a sheep without a shepherd. Maybe, maybe you know because you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you looking in the face of that person every day. Maybe you know what it feels like to need some compassion. To be stuck. To not know what to do. And maybe you made those choices yourself or maybe it's the guilt you're, you, 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 you know, has been piled on you that you just can't let go. Or, or maybe um, you know, your, your situation that you're in every single day that you just can't break out of. And, and you know what the problem is but you're thinking, Pastor, just get to the solution already. Get to the good news. And I will, but... For those of us who are struggling, for those of us who aren't put our finger on that problem yet, here it is. If we don't have compassion for others, if our guts are not churning within us as we see people hurting and helping and harassed, it's it's that we've either lost sight or don't fully realize the compassion that God has shown to us because at some time in your life you were harassed and you were helpless and you were a sheep without a shepherd and maybe you don't even remember that time maybe maybe it, it happened so long ago even before you could formulate Thoughts, logical thoughts that had happened for you, but there was a point in your life when God saw you and He had compassion on you. And He saw your state of being helpless and hopeless and like a sheep without a shepherd, and He did something. It's in this person of Jesus that we don't just see compassion in the earthly things, in healing diseases and sicknesses, but it's this very Jesus who is God's compassion to us. That he was willing in his compassion to leave heaven, to leave heaven behind. And for the Son of God himself to come here on this planet, on this sinful, broken world, and to take on flesh and to not just show us how to be compassionate and not just to suffer along with people, but instead to come and suffer for people, for us. For Christ himself to become the harassed and the helpless and the sheep without a shepherd. He became that for you in his compassion for you. Look at the life of Jesus and the harassment that he faced. The son of God. How many times was he rejected? And it claims that his power was from the devil. He was, he was working with the devil on all this. Right? And then all the harassment he faced as he was mocked and ridiculed and spit on and tortured and beaten and hung on a cross by nails. For you. There on that cross, to see the Son of God hanging helplessly There was no help to be found for him. He called out to his father, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you know what the father's answer was? There was no answer. There was no help to be found that day. He was like a sheep without a shepherd. His father had to turn his back on him because on him was all of your sin and mine. On him was all the times That we have turned a blind eye to those who are hurting. All the times that we have shrugged our shoulders and said, it's not my problem. For all the times that we have cared about ourselves more than others. He became the helpless one. So that you could know his compassion. That he came to suffer for you so that you would never have to feel that punishment. And friends, maybe you've known this from before you even could talk. You can't even remember the moment when you came to believe in Jesus Christ as that one who took your place, the one who took your punishment, the one who died for you so that you might belong to God. But friends, it doesn't make that compassion any less real. It's in the person of Christ that you see the embodiment of your God's compassion for you. And that in his love for you, he suffered for you. But now comes to suffer with you. And as he hung helpless on that cross for you, he can now come and help you in your time of need. All right, Jesus went through everything that we do, says in Hebrews, so that he could sympathize and empathize and Be compassionate to us in our weaknesses, in our sufferings. And he continues to come to you in word and in sacrament to strengthen you and to continue to pour out his compassion on you. To come and to continue to heal you of all your sin. To come and to take away that disease of death. To make death powerless over you. Friends, see the compassion of Christ at the cross, in his word, in the sacraments. See the compassion of Christ for you. That's where you know. That's where you get to to be filled with his compassion. And when we know that compassion and when we see that compassion on full display for us sinners, we can't help but want to be filled and we are filled with that compassion of Christ. We have to act. When we see those who are hurting and helpless and harassed, like we have been, when we know I was like a sheep without a shepherd and I see others too, we have to have stomachs that churn, guts that hurt, enough to do something to suffer along with. And when we finally come to that point, when we're finally there and we are, know that compassion of Christ for us and we're filled with it, we've got to ask, what do we do, Jesus? How do, how, do we, how do I show your compassion? How do I get to be your compassion to the world? Well, Jesus tells us in our Gospel lesson, there's two things, right? So, so Jesus is, is, the sense is he's pretty overworked here, right? He's going from every town and village and he's preaching, and he's teaching, and he's healing every sickness and disease, right? Remember, Jesus is is God, but he's also a man, so he gets tired. He's only got 24 hours in a day. There's only so much he can do in his humanity, right? And there's too many people to serve, and so he turns to his disciples, and he says, look around. Look, my friends. The harvest is plentiful, Oh, the workers are few. I'm exhausted. Right? And then he says, Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. There it is. There's number one. There's the number one thing. When you are filled with the compassion of Christ, and I have no doubt those disciples, as they watched along with Jesus, they saw the harassed and the the helpless. They saw the hurting. And they're wondering in their hearts, What can we do? What can we do to help Jesus? Jesus says, Ask the Lord to send out workers. Pray. Pray. Pray that the Lord would send more workers. Pray for your church body as we send missionaries throughout the entire world to share the compassion of Christ in places that we cannot go. Right? Share, or pray for, for the organizations of our synod like Christian Aid and Relief that goes and, and physically and monetarily helps those who are hurting. Those who have suffered loss. Pray that the Lord would bless these means that we support as a church. And as you pray, learn more about them. Learn how you can support. Right now, you'll get this uh, link tomorrow in our congregational email. Uh, Lutheran Women's Missionary Society has teamed up with our, both our home missions and our world missions for our synod to put on a two-week event called Taste and See. It's all online. And you get to listen to missionaries tell about where they serve both here in the United States and abroad. You get to hear their stories. You get to hear them share God's word with you. You get to learn about what your mission dollars and what your prayers are doing throughout the world. Friends, pray and support that we can send out more workers into the harvest field. To share the compassion of Christ to places where we we cannot go. Then there's a second thing Jesus says pray. But then Jesus says also realize that when you pray, you are an answer to your own prayer. Jesus tells his disciples ask the Lord of the harvest to send them out. And then what does he do? He sends them out. They're all 12 apostles. Disciples are named there. They're named. And then he says, go. Go and proclaim the good news. Go, and he gives them the power to, to heal, to do miracles. Drive out demons. Go. And he tells them, don't go to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. Don't don't go into the area of Samaria, but go first to the lost sheep of Israel. So it's not because the the Gentiles weren't important. It's not because Jesus didn't come for them too and he didn't want the Samaritans to hear the gospel, but Jesus would provide for them later. Men like Paul and Peter, they would spread the gospel throughout the entire world after Pentecost. But for now, Jesus says, paraphrasing, go to your own people. (laughs) And friends, that's where Jesus sends you to. To show the compassion of Christ, you don't have to go on a mission trip to India. Or even up to Flagstaff. (laughs) Go to your own people. Go to where you live. Go to the people you know. And show the compassion of Christ. Because that's what we get to do, right? We get to be the heart of Christ. We get to be the hands of Christ. As we look and we see those who are harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd, whatever they are going through, physically, spiritually, whatever it is, we get to go and help. As our stomachs churn, as our guts wrench, as we see somebody in pain or who is in, suffered loss or who is suffering or going through difficulty, ask, what can I do? And Jesus doesn't leave that question unanswered. It's actually a little later in Matthew, Matthew 25, where, where Jesus um, is, is telling a parable about what it's going to be like on the last day. And, and uh, the picture here is he's the king, and everyone is going to come before him, before that judgment seat. And he's going to point to the acts of compassion that we did. Now, Jesus is not saying we go to heaven because we did these acts of compassion. No, what he's saying is your faith prompted you to do these works of compassion. There's the evidence of your faith. Look, look at your life because you were filled with compassion and you live lives of compassion. And he names a number of things that, that they did. He says, Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You don't have to wonder what does it look like to be the hands of Christ. Jesus shows us. It's living lives of compassion. It's seeing the needs of others and saying, I can't not help. I can't not do something. And as you serve, as you love, as you show compassion, Jesus says, you did it for me. It's your way to show your love for the compassion that Christ has first shown to you. Friends, we get to go and be the heart in the hands of Christ as his church. And along with his disciples, we also get to be his mouth, don't we? They were given the ability to perform some miracles. Right? They're, they're mentioned there. It says that they were to um, go and uh, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. But the main thing they were to do first, he says, is go proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. The purpose of the miracles was just to confirm that they had the authority to proclaim this message. We are not given the ability to go and do these miracles. We have something far much better. We have the word of God that proclaims Jesus Christ. That the kingdom of heaven has come near. We proclaim the good news. And what that does, it's heals the sin sick souls it 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 raises the spiritually dead It, it cleanses those who have the leprosy of sin it drives out the demons of despair and guilt and sin all of it by the power of that word and friends that's the word that you and i have been entrusted to share to go and be the mouth of christ to go and proclaim good news to captives To go and proclaim good news to those who are ridden by guilt. To go and proclaim good news to those who are stuck in a religion of works. To go and proclaim good news to those who are trying to find their worth and their value in the things of this life and in their achievements in this life. To go and proclaim our God of compassion. This is what we get to do. Because this is who we are. We are his church. We are his people. We know his compassion. We have experienced it firsthand. And so Jesus says here right at the end of his disciples and right into us, freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received the compassion of God. Freely go and give it. Friends, how can we not? Knowing the compassion of Christ for us, how can we not Say, who can I suffer along with? Who do my guts wrench for? Who can I show the compassion of Christ to? God be with us as we go and do that as his church. Amen.